Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. Darren is off this week at a food event in L.A., um, leaving me here to man the studio alone with these three fine gentlemen in front of me. That was just Wall. They will be in studio. They're really in studio. That is a nice full drum kit right behind you, Paul. Um, but first, uh, Midnight's. Well, mid a line nights Brooklyn. Um, I mean, I, I tried to Google it. It, it kind of works, kind of doesn't work. Um, do you want to go around and introduce yourselves and your your roles? Sure. Uh, my name's Rafael Van Kooten. I'm half uh, of the uh, co-owner of uh, Midnight's. But your own person in your own right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm Marcellus Coleman. I'm a Zego chef. Uh, I am Paul Colby. I'm the creative and marketing director and partner with Raf and Devin in the Midnight. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Let's talk about the the restaurant first. What is the uh, the concept and idea behind it? Um, I think that story, as in many things, is is a long story. Okay. Uh, so we'll try to give you the... It's uh, internet radio, but we yeah. only have 22 minutes. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah I'll try know, to give you the Cliff Notes the version yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I mean, in its concept, it's kind of everything at its core for the development of my talents, the chef's talents, and my business partner. Um, we all kind of... My, my business partner and I kind of like grew up in the industry together, I guess you can say. I actually gave him his first job when he moved to New York. Um, but what the, was it? Uh, he was a bartender. Oh, okay. Uh, I was opening Maysville, actually, okay. a buddy of mine oh. uh, owned that restaurant. What was the first cocktail that you felt like you perfected? The first cocktail? Uh, the Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a good one. Yeah, it's a good my one. favorite. So yeah. good answer. Good. Me too. <laughs> honestly, yeah. I yeah. guess you, you know, you perfect what you want to drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, he kind of like went on his way and went to bars and nightlife, and I kind of stayed, you know, always at the front of the house um, operations. You know, I, I came from the back of the house, but I always loved the front of the house operations, and that's kind of how the name came about. Uh, Midnight's M I D, and then there's a pipeline, and then nights. Uh, the mid part of that represents me. Who's always been like kind of the middleman to getting the job mm-hmm. done in the front of the house, and the night side of that is Devin. He's always been the bar, cocktail, nightlife kind of guy. So that's where the entire concept came from. But the real true idea of it is just to kind of give the quality and technique and skill level of a chef like Marcellus, and we bring it down literally to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, we bring it down to people that come in the restaurant that we want to give them the experience that you know you're getting high end quality food. But you're not paying this like crazy high end price, and nobody's being pretentious about it. You know, we're in Brooklyn, so you know we're all Brooklyn kids, and we want to deliver that to people. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think there was like a time as like the food trend, where everyone's like they're going to like the micro tweezers, and like they were like, I mean, I don't even know how I paid for the meals that I that I had. And then there's kind of like that swing back, where like you still want quality, but it not necessarily like your entire paycheck. Or more than your entire paycheck <laughs> is going into it. So, I mean, how do you, you know, approach the food? I mean, knowing that like all the things are options on the plate, like where do you begin to kind of take it down to to deliver that type of uh, quality, but at like not insane uh, overtures? <clears throat> well, actually, what we do is uh, we we buy high quality ingredients, but we use things like you know rainbow trout, which is just a great fish, instead of using something like turbo or halibut. Or we use short ribs or we use mussels. We just take the best ingredients that we can. And we still offer it at a very fair price. But the technique is, is there. And, uh, and we also give it the service and everything that we give. You know, it, it's the whole value. The whole, the whole experience is what we try to offer. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to come out there and, like, rape anybody. Actually, I shouldn't say that on the radio. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't want to rape. But we want to give you the same experience. That, like, I'm from 11 Madison Park, W50. But those are, we want to give you the same experience that you have there. But at a level where it's approachable. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, um, you know, it's like it's it's funny now. Like so many restaurants open, and it's like per se French Laundry, like you know, Eleven Madison, all of those things. And so that is like a perception of one thing of what you're going to get, but what the food you're actually doing is like all of those things, but not any of those things. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty much still the same ingredients. Yeah, it's just that you know we're just not, I mean, marking it up yeah. as, as they do. To be yeah. honest, you yeah. Know? Uh, and then so like, I mean, given that experience, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you go to the mountains, you learn it, like, you know, you learn from those type of things. What is it, you know, what is it you take from there that, you know, outside of like marking it up? But I mean, there is like a, a level of attention to detail, etc. Like, what do you take from those and translate it into, uh, you know, a, a more approachable uh, consistency? Concept? 
I mean, we take consistency from there. You know, it's like everything you do there is always consistent and it's on point. And that's what we try to do the same thing at, uh, at midnights. You know, we try to get, I mean, I, I guarantee that we're giving the same quality and doing the same flavors, if not better than most restaurants in New York City. But we're doing it at uh, the way we want to do it. We want to make it accessible and make it for everybody. We don't want people to come in and think that they have to be a certain way or have to do a certain thing to eat here. I mean, you'll have the same thing that you'll get there for a third of the price. Mm. Portions are fair. Mm. Service is great. And you get it with a smile. I mean, it's interesting that, like, I mean, the, the things that you say um, are, like, should be based assumptions, right? Fair I price, mean, <laughs> good service, but I mean... I mean, it's not BS. Yeah, that's yeah. what we really are. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, but I'm saying I think, like, there's, uh, you know, that, like, the Brooklyn service. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Not, I, I, non-existent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, whatever that might be, but, uh, you know... We've always said on the show that, like, you know, dining is a two-way experience. If you want to be super little, it's like I'm working and making money and I'm giving you money and you, you give me a good product. But, I, I mean, I think it's, like, it's interesting to think that what you took from the place was consistency and service, which I think, like, some people would say, oh, I learned, like, great knife skills or, like, you know, great seasoning. But it's, like, an interesting to say, like, those are the things that come first aside from everything else. Yeah, I think that is because those are the things that people see. Mm. You know, like, that's the important thing. Like, the, the perception and the vision of the entire atmosphere when you walk in, you know, from the person greeting you at the door till you're sitting down being served, nobody's seeing your knife skills. That doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it can be fantastic or it can be mediocre. What matters at the end of the day is really when somebody comes in, does that all add up, what you're doing in the back of the house, and does it translate to the front of the house? You know, and that's the important part for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what we constantly want to give. You know, I think... You know, you say the Brooklyn service, and we've all lived in Brooklyn for a long time. <laughs> and I, th- I think we were just sitting in restaurants, and we're just like, this shouldn't be like this. Yeah. You know, where did the hospitality go? Where did the community go? You know, where's the delivery? And you don't have to, you know, I, I think we spent a lot of time figuring out numbers and facts and all this stuff. But you don't have to, you know, be a millionaire, Danny Meyer or Steven Starr, to, like, give that level. You know, you can find quality people. You know, we didn't Craigslist anything. Mm. We grew up in this business so we 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 called on our friends yeah we said look we're opening a restaurant like come be a part of it you know and everybody that works there they know us and they know our level of of service and the quality that we expect you know and they're easy it's easy translation to deliver it i mean and and i know your background but you two also have like two pretty like non-traditional backgrounds right yeah um i mean i grew up in a kitchen my grandmother owned a catering company but uh, oh, what was her specialty? Uh, man, I grew up in the Caribbean, so you know oh. it was like roti and like curry and all this stuff. Um, I, I was a military brat, so I bounced around a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I came here when I came to this country. Um, I kind of went off the path in being a football player, mm-hmm. and then I had an injury, and then I found my way into the CIA in Hyde Park. Um, through this BOCES program that my high school had. And I went to my dad. I'm like, look, I want to be a chef. I think it's a thing I want to do. And he was like, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, he was like, you're going to law school. Yeah. And I went to law school. The minute I was done, I moved right back to the city. (laughs) And I became a server and just kind of like worked my way up. I mean, my first job was washing dishes. And I think everybody kind of had What was the restaurant? Um, It was upstate uh, when I was like 14. It was a uh, rail... Road House Inn or something like that. Oh, okay. We had a train that went around the dining room. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of always, always a classy sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> great, like when it was Christmas, but when it wasn't, it's like, why is this train just going around the dining room? That's like that advice, like if you write a book about apples, don't put an apple on the cover. Yeah. It's like, no, we get it. Yeah, 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 yeah train theme, no, we get oh, Train, okay, good. Got yeah, it. yeah. And, um, and Paul, what was your, your background? Um, I, I'm a little bit of the oddball in the group. Um, 
I had never worked in the restaurant industry before I moved to New York. I did mean, um, one of his first jobs, too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, pretty funny story. Uh, I was actually in the military, and it took me to Hawaii. And I, was, I went to school out there, and I, I met Raf's ex-girlfriend out there, <laughs> Carla Razuski, who is a pretty prominent sommelier now yeah. in her own right. She's making our wine. And... Uh, we became really good friends, and she's convinced me to move to New York. And like, I was a journalism major, I was like, I'm gonna go work in magazines, you know. And I, I moved to New York, and I live on the floor of Carla and Raff's apartment <laughs> on an air mattress, and I wake up every morning like hammock mode because you know it just deflated. And <laughs> Raff got me my first job at a, at a restaurant, and from that moment on, I was like. I'm never going to fucking work in a restaurant again. This is the worst fucking job ever, you know? Like, <laughs> got into magazines, got into, like, fashion and marketing. Come, like, eight years later, you know, I'm, like, I'm freelancing. I did some traveling. I come back, and uh, I had kind of, you know, I had been working with Raph and Devin on, you know, like, invested with them and trying to, you know, support them in any way I could and started literally building out the space with them and the more we explored things about like marketing and and the, you know the creative vision of the restaurant just kind of like we, we all came to a conclusion that i would just come on board full time <laughs> i was like why not you know it's like with my friends and my own business and my own neighborhood and uh and then you know met marcel's through here and it's like uh it's kind of meant to be i guess yeah K- kicking and screaming though yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know i was like restaurant now yeah yeah, yeah. No, but now he's a natural fit i mean he's kind he of he does a great job too yeah it's on the floor and everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man dropping dishes <laughs> first time first time raf tells me gotta use a tray i'm like this is a bad idea i was like you guys like i've never held a tray <laughs> spilled a drink all over a lady shattered yeah I mean, that was, like, the first dressing job I had. I, like, lied about my background, and it was, like, really good until I cleared my first table. Yeah. And they were like, come here. Like, you, you've never... Yeah. I was like, please don't fire me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did that, too. I lied about... I, I told this this other, like, restaurant. It's a really prominent restaurant where I grew up yeah. called Chenna. Uh, super fancy Italian restaurant. And I walked in there in, like, a suit, and I was like, yeah, I've worked in restaurants. Uh, the guy hired me. I don't know why, but he yeah. hired me, and I came in. And I remember the gig was up when they were like, oh, we're going to put truffles on the chips. I was like, oh, yeah. like the chocolate? Yeah. And he was like, what did you just say? And I was like, like the chocolate. And he was like, no, like the mushroom. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I had no idea. And he knew the gig was up. I don't know why he kept me. But. Yeah. I mean, because I think, like, everyone probably has a similar story. Like, they're just yeah. trying to. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fact that you probably showed up on time and you put a suit on was probably, yeah. like, ten steps above some of like, yeah. the people who yeah. might have had experience. Um, we're going to take a quick musical break. We're going to talk about playlists in the restaurant, uh, a little bit more about the food, um, and we will be right back on Snacky Tunes.
So I know music is a uh, big part of the vibe there. So um, what goes into the playlist curation? <laughs> a lot of arguing. <laughs> no, I know. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a, yeah, we all. If help. there's anything that we we all bitch about more, it's music. It's, it's yeah. music, yeah. but um, but. Paul right here is a great DJ. <laughs> we'll say that. That's another one he has under his belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big music fan. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I just have a large collection ranging from, you know, like African to Indians, uh, you know, the you know, everything rock. you hear. Yeah. yeah, Yacht Rock. I mean, I could definitely see it's like, it's like, fine, put the turbo on the menu. But if you put that song on the playlist, I don't know if I can work here. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I just don't think with this partners, you guys just don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no. no, it's nothing. Like that, you know. I mean, it's 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 a little bit of uh, of trial and error, and it's feeling out the the, the space and the crowd at the time. Because sometimes, you know, th- some things work, at, you know, and some other times they don't, you know. Um, and definitely, one thing we've we've kind of learned over the weeks is you know how to kind of distinguish ourselves from like the typical things that go on at Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like Saturday night we decided you know we found this great soul DJ DJ Mojo he plays like soul and funk and a little bit of like afro Mm. jazz and stuff and it's just like it creates this really lively fun cocktail scene but where you just like can sit and eat and enjoy yourself and kind of distinguish yourself from you know like the usual like Fetty Wap um, (laughs) and you know you know, like electronic house that is like bouncing off the the walls everywhere around town. You know, uh, not to say there's anything wrong with that. It's just that it's not our our thing. You know, it's not the kind of vibe we're trying to create. And like, I mean, outside of like a DJ, which is like a, obviously like when you're going into the playlist creation, you know, like what makes it on there, and like what do you feel like kind of like matches the food that you're producing? Uh, Fela. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, look. Marce- I mean, we, we, yeah. 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 Marcel's does like amazing. You know, people always ask us like, "What's what's your cuisine?" We say, "Oh, it's like modern American, but like everything's got like a little global twist on yeah. it." You know, and it's like it's it it has like a a funky vibe of yeah. It's it's it is. It's like an Afro jazz meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good good way to put it. Um, and then, I mean, uh, for, like, inside of that, I mean, it, it's, like, it's midnight, so, like, when I look at the, the restaurant, I'm like, it is a late night type type of vibe, so, like, how does, the, like, the menu also, like, reflect that, or, like, an, an evening out, or, like, kind of that experience? Well, basically, you know, we have this really great kick-ass menu that's yeah. uh, for dinner, but then we transition right into the, uh, which I will say is probably the best late night menu. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And yeah. I, mean, it's like, I mean, it's not being cocky or arrogant. Yeah. Or it's, just, it's a or, real or, menu. Or, yeah. But it's like, it's not something, you know, it's not, you know, you go to most restaurants and not to knocking these restaurants, we have, they have sliders. It's or, a burger, cheese fries, hot dogs. But this is like, you know, we're, we're like giving you, you know, like we do these, uh, friends, we do these wings. Uh, and you're like, wings, what? But no, what we do is we can feed them in duck fat mm. and then we uh, grill them. Mm-hmm. So they get really crispy instead of having to put them in the fryer later, yeah. and so it's not fried. And then we we uh, toss it with like a pomegranate glaze, put uh, you know put a little uh, seasoning on it, you know fried garlic, and then do a you know a nice uh, smoked feta yogurt mm-hmm. with yeah. some pickle, pickles. But I mean that's yeah. that's the thing from your your culinary background where it's like it's like you know you could make I mean you could just say okay here's the burger here's the wings here's the fries everything, yeah. but it takes all of your knowledge and like drills it down to like what tastes good and what do people like. Now in the modern food age, no one like wants to eat stringy oysters and like a, a bad burger. Like they'll, they'll eat late, but they want the quality. I mean, we, do, we do two burgers, yeah, three uh, burgers. Okay, yeah. three yeah. burgers. You know, one's a veggie burger that's actually, and uh, people are like, it's amazing. Yeah, and you that's know, available. Like, we, we we when we thought, you know, uh, when Raf approached me and uh, 
I mean, it was when we first sat down, you know, yeah. uh, and for an interview or whatever, it lasts almost two hours, which is unheard of. Mm -hmm. And we talked about food and philosophy, and our thing was like, you know what? We're tired of like what everybody else is doing. We're like, if somebody wants a fucking burger, we will not give them a gut burger. Like, yeah. it shouldn't it shouldn't be an afterthought. Yeah, it should be something like we're gonna take, we're gonna approach it like per se, we're approach. You know, they're, you know, like, they're yeah, we're going to approach. And that's exactly what we've done. You know, our muscles, our, our veggie, our lamb burger yeah. and our lamb, our Kobe burger, or, you know, our, you know, we just approach it. Yeah. I, I think like people have this like idea in their mind about a burger on a menu. And anytime somebody says that, I'm like, well, let's take the spotted pig and let's talk about they have a Michelin star for the last 10 years. And what's the thing that's on there? It's a lamb burger. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think you have execution and skill and, and, and that goes into what you do and you can make anything taste good. I mean, look, even where we're at, at, you know, at Roberta's, it's like the pizza here is phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's, there's New York, like you can get pizza in every corner, you yeah. know, but why do people come to Bushwick yeah. and it's that atmosphere and that creation? I think what we do at Midnight's is that because we believe that the food revolution is changing and where mm -hmm. it's going people want to eat smarter they want to eat healthier mm -hmm. they don't want to leave a restaurant feeling gluttoned exactly. and like yeah. they have a you know a rock in their stomach <laughs> and i think you can come and you can actually have three courses at midnight it's very light and yeah. you feel light yeah you know and, and that's what we want i think all of us that work there you know that put our passion to this we are all very healthy people you know and i think that's we want to translate well, we, we that. were when we yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I don't know but i, I still order the veggie yeah. burger every day so, i mean we're getting into that and i and, and i we wanted to keep that idea and you know we're in new york and you can't lie to people anymore they're going to the farmer's market with you they're seeing the cost of things and it's like you know when we talk about buying these these fresh ingredients it's like yeah we can do that but now we need to translate it to the people that just bought that yeah. around the corner at the farmer's market you know and so it's always trying to find that happy balance, that happy medium, but doing what we love, putting it into the food, and then letting it translate itself. Yeah. Um, what is the secret of building a good veggie burger? Well, I mean, so, so I, you know, I mean, they call us a, they, a lot of people want when they say we're an Asian restaurant. We're, yeah. we're not, but yeah. we, we do a lot of ingredients. So what we do with this veggie burger, uh, we use uh, azuki beans. Mm. As well as Japanese brown rice, mm. which we mix with uh, shiitake mushrooms, as well, and 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 we do a little. It's like really no binder. It's just like we, we puree a little bit, mix a little bit, and then we use quinoa oh. as well. So we call it quinoa, and quinoa three three color quinoa, and it makes like this really nice burger that has like I use a little actually I use a little raz al hanout mm. uh, curry powder. So it has this like really, it's a really nice burger name, and the, and it's all about what the cumin aioli on it, yeah. As well as the uh, we do a smoked beet, uh, smoked beet uh, remoulade. Yeah, know. I think the trick is to make it taste like a burger. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. You, you eat yeah. this thing, and and it tastes like you're eating a burger, but it's all veggies. I think I could listen to you talk about yeah. how you make your food all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, it's good. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for for coming on the show. Um, where can people find you? Where can they uh, like you know come check you out? Yeah. Marketing. Now we're uh, we're right off the Bedford stop in Williamsburg, so we're on North Six, right near Bedford, right behind that New York Muffins, one forty nine. We're uh, hashtag Midnight's Brooklyn, oh, old uh, Sakura place. It was yeah, yeah it was exactly. Yeah. And, and then it was BPO. like yeah, 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 yeah. 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 and uh, you know you find us uh, at Midnight's BK and mm -hmm. Facebook and all that good stuff. Yelp, 
Midnightsbk.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what are the, what are the hours? When does when does the late night menu kick in? So the late night right now we're doing Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and it starts at eleven. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah we so, open for happy hour at four thirty. We dollar do oysters and they're yeah. good oysters, yeah. not yeah. Virginia oysters. Yeah. 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 We do yeah. happy hour from four thirty to seven. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're you, around the corner from Mason, you gotta yeah. come correct. Yeah, 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 yeah it's true. To. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do happy hour four thirty to seven Monday through Friday. Um, we do dinner uh, seven nights a week. Um, Sunday we close a little earlier, but uh, Thursday through yeah. Saturday up until four a.m. Yeah. And oh. we have rotating DJs throughout the week. Yeah, awesome. Check it out online. Cool. Yeah, music, well, music is important there. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming by. Um, we're gonna take another quick musical break, and then we'll be back with Wall live in studio here on Snacky Tunes. Awesome. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Greg. Thank you.
International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Welcome back. Uh, Wall, welcome to Snacky Tunes as Hi. you guys get kind of adjusted in here. Thank you. Um, do you want to go around the room and introduce yourselves? Hi, Vanessa. Hi. <laughs> Vanessa plays drums. Yeah. That is actually the first time we've ever set drums up that way, and I think you, like, <laughs> actually... Well, no, it's always been facing out, and you actually just solved our, our like, sound issue with drums. So now forever we can have full kits in here again. She's a genius. Yeah. You're welcome. My yeah. name's Vanessa. I play guitar. <laughs> uh, my name's Sam. I do vocals. And my name's Elizabeth, and I play bass and sing backup. Um, interesting fact, Sam and I have known each other for 11 years. That's crazy. Uh, although I did not know you were in this band, but um, you worked with my brother back in Austin when you were like 15. It's true. It's a really nice sound. Yeah, it's a good sound. Sorry, it's okay. It's internet radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I had no idea that it was you who was going to be doing this because I didn't set it up. Vanessa did. Yeah, I feel I feel like I've run across you like every like two to three years in like a random setting. And you're always like, I'm saying, I was like, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, I never know which one you are. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's absolutely true. So, welcome to Snacky Tunes. It's good to have you all here. Um, let's just kind of start off with like the really important question, uh, <laughs> which you sent over. If my band was a pizza, what toppings would my bandmates be? Because like that seems like the best icebreaker that we've never had on the show. So, Ooh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, which uh, which pizza toppings would your bandmates be? I feel like we should go around and like have to say like in a circle. I think I'm cheese. No, 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 no. I think you're pineapple. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Vanessa should just say who she thinks. Cause yeah. Well, I really don't. I haven't. You don't think that you don't, don't have a topping for each of us? I haven't thought it. You can't much. even make one up right now? I think I think this is cheese. <laughs> and then what's Sam? But cheese isn't Sam's a topping. Just to be clear, cheese is not a topping. Well, well, I don't think so. It kind of is. I mean, unless like you, your favorite type of pizza is tomato pie, which is like not a default. <laughs> See that my favorite type of pizza is plain cheese pizza. Yeah, that's why I chose cheese. Yeah, I mean mine would be pepperoni because that's my favorite. But yeah. I feel like the ingredient should describe you. Mm. So you get well, cheese. Yeah. Vince gets cheese. Yeah. I'm a little spicy. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, you're not. Why <laughs> <laughs> um, pineapple? Yeah, is Vanessa, no, no, no. are you a pepperoncini then? Yeah. Uh, I would, yeah. Was this really just a way for you to, to call your own topping? She just wants to be a pepperoncini. Okay. What yeah. am I then? Sausage. Sausage? No. That's true. That's what I was That's thinking. Really? <laughs> Sam I don't know why. Sam I like literally olives. just said what I was thinking. I feel like you're an olive. Um, so you're all mostly from Texas, right? We're no, all, all from Texas. All from Texas. Yeah. Um, did you know each other then, or did you all meet here? Sam and I did. Okay. Yeah, Elizabeth and I were the only people who knew each other be moving in New York. Oh, okay. Uh, and then how did you all meet here? Mutual friends at yeah. a show. Uh, actually, the first time I really ever talked to Elizabeth was when she was producing this um, yeah. 
this film for a friend that actually we just all finally saw for the first time a couple of weeks ago yeah. and did a show for. What was the movie? It was a it's an art film that a friend of mine is making or has been making that ha- recreated a scene from the Deaf Club, which was this punk club that happened in uh, San Francisco in the late seventies. And so I just needed like I needed two bands to pretend to be Tuxedo Moon and I can't remember the other one, one of those other like SF era bands. And then we needed a crowd, so we got Future Punks to be one of the bands. And then Vanessa came because she was friends with Future Punks, and she was just in the audience. She makes a great cameo as like an insanely drunk person on someone's <laughs> shoulders throwing beers. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the show's not still up, but it's at the Knockdown Center. And then okay. we played the we played the fin- like the closing like the closing night. Um, the whole thing about it is it's incorporating deaf culture. So they had someone. Um, they had an interpreter like interpreting our lyrics like while we played. Oh, amazing. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was, it was really, like really really wild experience yeah. to have someone else on stage with us and then also to watch like the the audience in attendance that were like part of the deaf community would sign the lyrics back like they were singing along. That was it was like really, yeah, super it was really cool. <laughs> That's really amazing. It was really, I'm, yeah. It's very rare that you play a show and then at the end of a song, you hear nothing. It's silent. Yeah. Because yeah. they shake their hands yeah, instead of clapping. Uh, uh, wait, so the whole audience was deaf? Pretty much. Primarily, like, oh. definitely like 80% of the audience was deaf. Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, it's generally only at the biggest events of all time do you see, like, interpreter, interpreter right? You don't see him at, and those lyrics are, like, pretty straightforward, you know? And they're not that fast. Like, the songs are, like, a, a bit of a slower tempo, but, you know, playing something like this or something that's a different uh, thing, how do you feel? Um, like, were the, was the response just, like, could you see them, like, being so appreciative? and? It was cool. People were definitely into it. It was hard, just, like, the way the stage was set up and lights to see when we were playing, but our other friends' bands played, and watching the audience react to them playing made me feel, like, so much more justified in, like, doing what we did, because for us, it, like, it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of, like, like Ben said, it's totally silent, and so, but watching them react, like, physically, and, like, signing along, and, like, dancing, and how they react to the hearing community in the room, and if those people are, like, physically reacting, they'll, like, feed off the energy of that. It was, it was, it was super cool. Yeah, our friends, uh, Future Punks played, and they play a lot of, uh, you know, four-on-the-floor dance music, and, you know, everybody got up and was dancing along. It was really, uh, it was really cool. It's really yeah. Quietly dancing along. Yeah. Quietly <laughs> <laughs> Quiet dancer. Uh, wait. So then, how did you guys form as a as a band? Well, it's like I, I met Elizabeth at a show. I've known Sam for a while. Yeah. As we all just have a bunch of mutual friends, but I saw Elizabeth at a show. She kind of thought we should jam, see how, like what where it goes, and then everyone we just I don't know came yeah, together. It's funny because like, Elizabeth and Vanessa got together a couple times, and then I remember hearing that they had done that, and me and Vince were sitting at my kitchen table one night, and I was like. Elizabeth and Vanessa are like getting together and jamming. I feel like we should just go and see what happens if all four of us are in the room. And I was in a band back in Austin, so I was in a band for like four years. Shout them out. Finally, punk. Oh yeah, perhaps you've heard of it. Yeah. Um, and so then, I still have good friends from Austin and everything. Yeah. So the transmission guys, well, RIP, but transmission guys. <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, and then I'd gone to Berlin for three years, and there's like no band culture there. So then living back in New York, where a place where there's like bands again, I was like, oh, maybe I should be in a band again. And so then I heard that Vanessa was practicing. So that's awesome. Um, can we hear a song? Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna play? This, okay. this one is actually uh, so the very first time we ever got together to um, see what would happen, just to jam and find out. We yeah. wrote this song in the first like twenty minutes, so we're it's gonna play that song. one. What did you say? It's a special song. Okay. Because <laughs> we just it was the one that like after twenty minutes of jamming, we were like, oh, we just wrote a song. I guess we can be a band. Oh, okay. So this is that. What's it called? It's called Last Date. It's a. It's on, our it's EP. on the EP. Yeah. 
being on the road, I know you kind of run into a lot of things, but uh, you also run into a lot of animals. So what are some <laughs> of the favorite cats that you've encountered <laughs> on the road? Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't have to be on the road, but definitely my favorite cat is Ram Jam. Yeah, Obviously. yeah, Ram Jam, who you're going to see soon. Yeah, we have a cat who starred in our, our latest music video that hasn't come out yet, but she's a big part of it. Oh, yeah? Couldn't have done it without her. She's a flat-faced Persian. I, I don't. You know the ones with the noses or stuff. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know what they call Her that. Her face is like almost inverted. It's amazing. Yeah. Look at. Is flat face person like the actual name, or do you just like I think that's what they should be called? I that's what I called it. Okay. I mean, she's definitely a Persian. I don't know what they call them when they have the flat faces. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't What's her know. stage name? Her 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 casual name is Ram Jam. I mean, did you uh, run into uh, Ram Jam, or was uh, like, did you do a cat casting call? She is the the guys who put out our EP. She, she's uh, one of their cats. This guy Trip. So okay. she was she was a shoe in from the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> she had it on lock. Yeah, there uh, there are our our label. But his cat records. They set a green point. His Instagram is fully devoted to her if anybody wants to check it out. Oh, I mean, you got to get your like pet Instagram game on. There's like some lucrative. There's a hashtag yeah. Ram Jam, so oh, okay. everybody can check that out. Yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, they're just piggybacking off of your hard work just to launch <laughs> Ram Jam. I would definitely be very I mean, suspicious. We're taking of a percentage. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, early points on, on All the it. cat food ads. Um, so you mentioned, like, obviously, no band culture in uh, Berlin, but um, where you're from in Austin is, like, such a great right. music scene. Do you feel, do you have connections to any bands back there? Is there, like, a little bit of New York-Austin love, or is your running crew mostly uh, New York? I've, I mean, been, uh, I've been gone for so long. Sam maybe still does. Yeah, I mean, I still have friends who make music uh, there. I've been in New York for, like, five and a half years now. Um, but definitely I don't feel associated with that music culture like because I wasn't doing music when I was there so like my my music culture is here we have a, an amazing community in New York of bands and incredibly talented musicians that we run with all the time and we're almost never playing a show unless we know someone else is doing it which I feel is really special and a lot of them have Texas connections like uh, you know like are from other towns in Texas and stuff like that only Elizabeth and I are from Austin mm-hmm. um, yeah Vanessa and Vince grew up in other parts of Texas and then all the bands I was playing with in Austin are, you know, defunct now because that was like ten years ago. Yeah, I'm from Beaumont, and there's actually a there's been a live music scene there for a long time, and a really cool punk scene. Uh, a lot of great bands. This band called the Put Downs was a big fan of. Uh, Austin Brown from Parquet Courts. He's from Beaumont as well. Um, and actually, how events and I met. Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever I moved first moved to New York, I was staying with Austin. Is there a current scene in Beaumont, though? Like, is there a yeah, current yeah, band yeah. in Beaumont? I mean, there's a, it's an ongoing scene. There's, like, uh, tons of bands that, that continue to play. I don't think it's as punk as it used to be. Like, it's sort of indies sort of become the takeover genre. And then there's a lot of bluegrass and folk there. Uh, there's a band called Purple from Beaumont who are doing really well. It's a good um, band name. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. A... And then uh, Ringo Death Star, two of the members are from Beaumont as well, which I helped Elliot formed that band like many years ago before they found their <laughs> yeah Alex lineup. who plays bass and Ringo Desar is probably my main music connection left in Austin Texas they've all lived in Austin for a long time now and they tour and stuff so I get to see her more frequently than I do with other people who are making music I mean most of our musician friends here in New York are all from Texas it's, right. it's kind of crazy how many uh, prominent bands in New York are where the musicians are from Texas it's kind of we didn't meet them until we moved here, which makes it even yeah, more yeah. weird. I mean, I, I mean, Austin, I think out of almost, or in Texas as well, like such a music tied to that state. I feel like here, there's music, but just like one 
aspect of it. Obviously, there's other parts of Texas, but I feel like music has always been so deeply associated with that state. Especially in Denton. That's where I know most of the music yeah. crew up here. I, I went to college with them, and that was such a a great community for music. I don't know what it's like so much now. But. I mean, Denton, like Midlake and all those bands that, that yeah. came out of there. Yeah, that was like one of my first introductions. It, it was Austin, but Denton was like the other yeah. Texas town that where, I knew. Where are you from? Like, where'd you go to high school? Uh, Lower Marion High School. Kobe, Do what? Where Kobe played. Wait, where? Lower Marion High School. Lower Manhattan High School. Lower Marion. Where is that? But in what, Philadelphia. Oh, you're like from Philadelphia. Of, yeah. Oh, you're so not I, from Texas. No, but oh. I spent a lot of time there. Like I said, my brother went there a long time ago and got to know a lot of, like, that was, like, kind of our second home after... Uh, oh, so you didn't live there as long as your brother did? Mm-mm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But just know I know your brother, too. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you know my brother? From living in Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Wait. I'm from Austin. Wait. You're the friend. Yeah. Oh, okay. I rem- <laughs> we met a lot. I don't know, but I, I get it, but we met- I came to your DJ night in, like, 2006 or yeah. something, after my old band played, like, CMJ or something. Which band? Yeah, when we were all uh, visiting Finally New York. Punk. Oh, okay. And yeah, I was yeah. here with... Oh, yeah, Sam yeah. came, too. In New York. Yeah, we played Bowery Ballroom. Oh. Like and then game. we were all there. Oh, okay. Um, can we hear another song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go- uh, now that we've resurrected that ghost. We're, we're going to uh, just go down memory lane <laughs> yeah, for the rest of this uh, thing. <laughs> we're just going to bring in friends that you've met. It's like, you might remember this person. You might this is your, this was your life. Yeah, this was yeah. your life. Um, let's do uh, milk next.
Uh, Vanessa, you mentioned that some of your favorite songs are about food. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first two that I think of um, are both about sandwiches, and I really love the, I mean, to talk about Finally Punk again, (laughs) this song that Elizabeth wrote about making a sandwich and, like, telling a boy, like, no, you can't have any. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. That was the first song Finally Punk ever wrote. (laughs) It's genius. I love it. It's called Jazz Hit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. And then my my other favorite one about a sandwich is by Mika Miko and... That turkey turkey sandwich, I think it's just called. Yeah. So good. I don't know. What, what is it about the songs that uh, that grab you? You know, it's not really the lyrical content. I don't know why. It just like grabs me, and then I'm like, oh, it's funny. It's about a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Does yeah. it make you like want to have a sandwich afterwards, or no. irrelevant? Totally irrelevant. <laughs> just a coincidence. Um, so I know you guys um, have the video coming out with Ram Dam, and uh, it's, it's going to like break the internet wide open. Um, what, what else are you guys working on? Uh, we're probably going to go on tour in the fall. Um, we're still working that out. And then we're working on a LP, ideally for release next year. And we're also doing, uh, we're doing Northside. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, in June. More recently. Yeah, and, and in the near future. <laughs> in, like two, yeah. in like two weeks. In like two weeks, we're going to play Northside, yeah. which should be pretty fun. <laughs> I'm just looking to use my wristband and every possible connection I have to see Brian Wilson play Pet Sounds. I mean, I'm I'm, just, it, I'm, I'm... I'm already like asking everybody I know, can I go, can I go, can I, I go? I, I think you can. I they, think I can. What's crazy is that I told my friend about it like two weeks ago, and there were still tickets oh. for to see him, which is crazy that's to me. crazy that's crazy to me that like that that did not sell out immediately yeah i don't know yeah we had a bunch of friends down at levitation that got canceled which and, is like such a bummer which is a big deal because brian wilson was going to play all of yeah. pet sounds and i almost went just to go see that and then i found out that he was doing our side and i was like great <laughs> I we're went, also playing i know i also went down almost like booked a flight just to go see it but <laughs> yeah i think he's he's playing I, I think this is just the beginning of, of that or i hope it is yeah and it, it that's so that's in two weeks so we're going to play we have a couple of fun north side showcases one with Warpcat records and one with post trash um over that weekend it should be pretty fun and, and then trying to see Brian Wilson and they're playing on June 1st that's the most recent time we're playing at Shea Stadium yeah on Ju- June 1st we've been on a pretty uh, intense mega tour of New York City in the last couple <laughs> months we've played like 12 shows in the last 8 weeks we played 4 we played 4 shows in the first week of May everything from Webster Hall to Silent Barn so we're on a oh yeah <laughs> we're Boom. on a I can yeah. we're on a we've been on a pretty mega yeah but I mean that's like but that's great I yeah. mean, just especially like for early days, like why wouldn't I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, now we know what every venue is like because yeah. otherwise you have venues writing you and you're like, well, I don't know, I've never seen it. Have you? Well, you know, so now your, we've played all of them. What's your uh, what's your your top two? Uh, we, I mean, I don't know. We really like Rough Trade. I feel like every time we're gonna play there, we're excited, right? A venue is nice. Um, there's like such a spectrum, you know. Like playing Aviv is obviously extremely yeah, different cool. than playing Webster Hall. Like. Yeah. I like Aviv, and it's like a true, sh- like, yeah. kind of curse. I don't know. We just, yeah. we just, <laughs> at Aviv, we just played, like, one of the best shows we've ever played. So that definitely colors how you feel about the location. I just yeah. think that it's, like, there's so few true, like, shithole venues left. And Aviv is just, like, actually a shitty warehouse, and people live there, and, and it's a mess. Inside. And you can smoke inside. It's just, like, it's a, a disaster. But like, How's the sound system? You know, Amazing. It, surprisingly, it didn't, it was, like, sounded much better than we thought it was going to. You know, on, like I, I like to measure venues by how good their sound system is or sound engineer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really don't care about if the audience likes it or not. It's like how good <laughs> does it sound? Yeah. You know? um, but if you like, I mean, you walk in there and you're like, oh man, this is going to be a nightmare. Look at these stacks. <laughs> this sucks, man. But like, the guy, the engineer, I forgot his name was Griffin. Griffin, yeah, yeah. He was like, all right, what do you need? You know, he came in, 
Hey, Daladin's like, yeah, feel free to turn up as loud as you want. We're like, oh. So okay. who knows if it's like Aviv or it's Griffin or you know or just like a weird magic that happened that or night. It, it usually is like both both halves of the hole. You exactly. know, yeah, it's like totally. if it was someone else or another system. But um, there's like some places where like you know if you turn like your amp just like they're like just turn it just this way just a little bit. That's the magic as opposed to like that and like that's where the engineer really knows how to like play the room as well as the the yeah. band does. Yeah. But I know like at Rough Trade like the first show we ever played there was insane like so good and we've never had that engineer again and like yeah. we kind of or at least I like kind of miss him you know yeah. I'm like oh I wish he would come back and like make it sound like that again you know yeah sound engineers of the world if you're listening we love you yeah, yeah. We love no I mean they are definitely the make or break and they totally. definitely have like yeah. you know if <laughs> like um you know, warning to the band that overlooks the sound engineer or like oh, treats yeah. them just like uh, mm, like this. No, we've definitely experienced the full gamut within our full range of venues, full range of engineers, and how even if you're playing a warehouse that's split in half horizontally, like Aviv, it can still sound good. Or you can play rough trade with someone who doesn't know what they're doing, and then you're in a big room and it doesn't sound good at all. Fair so. enough. Um, well, um, I want to make sure we get time for one more song, but uh, where can people find you, find your music? watch your cat videos uh, check you out on tour. our website is uh, wearewall.com and it has links to everything that you need on it basically but, uh, all our social media is all, also wearewall so like Instagram Facebook blah 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 okay that yeah um, that's, that's the place it'll, it'll have links to like wherever the video gets released and all of our shows are on our website And yeah we have a, a music video up already on YouTube uh, that was um Put out by Super Deluxe and uh, shot by Richard Kern, so pretty, pretty cool. Pretty Vince good. is really excited to tell people he's been shot by Kern. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's finally a Kern girl. He put, yeah, it, yeah. He put it. He put it on his modeling resume. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we want to um, quick shout out. Uh, thanks to Midnight's guys to, to coming by and. Thanks for Dave, our own engineer, for making this sound so yeah, good. Yeah, Thanks, the, Dave. The unsung but sometimes sung uh, hero. Uh, hello to the world. Well, thanks for coming on. This was pretty great. Sam, good to see you Thanks guys. for having me. Yeah, yeah nice to see you too. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 11 uh, years later. 11 years later. Um, what's the name of the song you're going to take us out with? Uh, circus. Uh, okay. We will be back uh, next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. Thank you.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.